0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a highly anticipated episode of Drop the Light. Um, I say highly anticipated. Who's anticipating it highly? Me. I am. And probably Scott as well.
1: I am. I always am.
0: Mhm. So we're back with another episode where we talk all things film, digital, and pop culture. Um, happy spring, by the way. I'm thrilled that I think it's officially spring. Snow is gone.
1: I believe so, too. The weather's finally getting nice. It's again uh, to be that season where the grilling... The pools, all that great stuff is finally going to be here after all the miserable cold, snow, and all that stuff is behind us, and we're moving forward into the spring. Yes, I'm excited.
0: grilling and pools, you're like speaking my language, because I was just going to say, like, the two things that I'm looking forward to this summer are grilling and pools. And I always say every summer that I'm going to learn how to grill, and then, like, I don't, but I think, you know, you can hold me accountable this summer, and... Make sure that I learn how to grill.
1: I think you, you're definitely going to have to learn how to grill, because I've been grilling for a few years now. I actually grilled, I think, not this past weekend, the weekend before, or maybe this past weekend, I'm not sure. But um, I grilled some you know, burgers, some dogs, cooked dinner for my family. But this is the first time where I cooked, um, I actually made the beef patties, and I seasoned the meat, and wow. I'm not trying to brag, but I did a pretty great job. Nice. And uh, yeah.
0: I heard grilling is like not that hard, so I th- I think hopefully I can do it. If I can make a podcast, you know, I think I can grill a hot dog. And I'm also excited for my birthday tradition for the past like three years has been all day pool floating, followed by a homemade dinner and movies.
1: All right, now that is a good birthday. Oh,
0: it's phenomenal. My siblings, I think, asked me like, oh, what do you want to do for your birthday this year? And I was like... The same thing I've done the last three years because it's pure perfection and I can't add or take away anything. Yeah, July, and it's my birthday is July thirty first, which is like pretty much the perfect pool day.
1: That is the perfect pool day, I would say, because it's not quite August yet, so the weather isn't getting like there's not even that slight chill in the air. Yeah, but it's, it's just like dead summer. Yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, It's a fun whimsical day, July thirty first. Great times. Anyway. This is going to be really fun because we had the idea for this episode to assign for each other, Scott and I, um, a movie to watch on Netflix that we had seen before, but that the other person had not seen. And I tried to pick something out of Scott's comfort zone.
1: And she succeeded.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was kind of mean. And Scott picked something like pretty in my comfort zone. The only limits I said were like, yeah, he's very nice. I said my only limits were like. I have a pretty low threshold for, like, violence and gratuitousness. So I'm not going to watch something, like, super gross. Other than that, anything's fair game. For the
1: record, I will say, if I wanted to go that route, I could have gone that route. I've seen some pretty messed up movies, especially on Netflix. So I'm not know. trying to say I'm great, but...
0: um. Well, if it was anything like that, then I would not be very happy with you, and I would not have finished the movie, and we would have to come up with a different
1: topic. But I picked a good movie. You did. So. Here we go
0: okay so tell the tell the listeners what movie i picked for you to watch this weekend
1: so nicole was mean and she picked the movie tulip fever <laughs> for me to watch yes i did now tulip fever has um alicia uh the candor mm-hmm. and who's a great actress i love her nicole loves her i do we, everyone loves her. I mean that's just a fact. I think we're all very envious of Michael Fassbender, but that's another story, but anyway, so she yeah. is this kind of orphan girl who has some siblings. They only have one aunt in the United States, and she makes a deal with uh Judy Dench, who's a nun to like get her siblings across to the aunt, but she has to get married, and the plot of the movie. Is that she marries an older man. Whose name is Cornelis,
0: by the way. We've talked about deal-breaker names on this podcast before. Add Cornelis to my list of deal-breaker names. Carry on.
1: Yes, and that's this, like, with a name like Cornelis, and I forget the last name, but it's something, like, even more absurd than Cornelis. Because they're Dutch, yeah. Yeah, and so it's definitely supposed to clearly be, like, a deal-breaker marriage that she's unhappy in, but they cast Christoph Waltz, one of the most charming men on the face of this planet to be this guy who she's unhappy with. And he's not even that bad. He's
0: really not even that bad. That's kind of, yeah.
1: Like, Christoph, like, as soon as I saw that Christoph Waltz is the husband, I was like, okay, I don't know how much I believe this because this man has won two Oscars. One playing a dentist bounty hunter, the other one playing an SS colonel Nazi, both in Quentin Tarantino movies. Both characters, despite one was good, one was bad, they were both very charming, and that's why he won the (laughs) awards.
0: Right, exactly. I don't know who cast Tulip Fever, but clearly, I don't know, they had their priorities kind of skewed, but continue with the plot. So she gets married to the elderly Cornelius.
1: They decide to start getting portraits of themselves painted, and this young painter is painting them. And, of course, her and uh, the painter and Alicia Vikander fall in love.
0: Well, the reason that Cornelius commissions the portrait in the first place is that he really wants a son. Yes. But Sophia, Alicia Vikander, like, it's not happening for her. She's not having any kids. So he commissions the portrait. So he's like, oh, at least I'll be remembered for having, like, a babe of a wife. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the young portraits, um, the young painter um, played by Dane DeHaan, his name is Jan. J-A-N. Yan, yeah. Carry actually, on.
1: Exactly. Just
0: giving you some, just giving you some context there.
1: So uh, naturally, the painter and Alicia Vigander fall in love, and very a,
0: quickly, by the way. Yeah, very quickly. With like, like a look of the eyes, they're like in love.
1: And then, like, they try to like fight it for like five minutes, and then there's also a side plot with, uh, well, not really a side plot. Starts out as a side plot, and it grows into the main narrative of the story with, uh, the maid who, uh, she's her, like, first scene is she's serving them dinner and Christoph Waltz is like, fish, this is the third time this week. Are you in love with the fishmonger or something? Of course she is in love with the fishmonger. She is.
0: His name is Willem.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like Willem Dafoe. But, um, so anyway, uh, they're in love and eventually, um, the fishmonger Willem thinks that his girlfriend is cheating on him with a painter because he doesn't realize it's Alicia Vikander. And he ends up getting beaten up and, like, forced to join the Navy or something, goes to Africa. But the maid gets pregnant. So, and With Willem's
0: child, yes. Yes, with
1: Willem's child. And she's afraid that she's going to get kicked out of the house. And she says to Alicia Vikander, if I go down, you're going down with me. (laughs)
0: Right, because I know that you're sneaking around with that painter. Mm -hmm. So here's some blackmail for you. You're going to do what I want.
1: So then um, Alicia Vikander has this plan, which <laughs> sounds like it wouldn't work. Yeah, it, and it's literally it's the a,
0: stupidest plan that you've ever heard.
1: So this is the plan. The plan is to fake that the maid isn't pregnant and instead fake that Alicia Vikander is pregnant with Christoph Waltz's baby. Then when the baby is finally Born, they will pretend that Alicia Vikander died in childbirth, so she can sneak off with the painter, Jan, and then the baby will get to stay in the house with the maid. And you're you probably won't believe me, but they actually pull this off. <laughs> this plan yeah, is because
0: Cornelis is really not the sharpest crayon in the box, <laughs> and he like totally falls for this plan. It makes no sense. Like the whole labor scene, like the maid is giving labor and Alicia Vikander's in the room being like, oh no, it hurts so bad. Don't come in here, Cornelis, because I'm in labor. And he's like, okay.
1: Yeah, they got the doctor involved. That's part of how they played it off. But like in the end of the movie, um, finally Willem comes back and he confronts the maid, you know, his girlfriend. And she's like, where have you been? And he's like, Africa. She's like, Africa, Africa, and starts hitting him. And then she's like, I saw you sneaking around the painter. And then she's like, no, it wasn't me. It was Alicia Vikander. And after they had pulled off the plan, of course, Christoph Waltz walks into the room. And he's like, like, I can't believe this. And he
0: takes the news so well, though.
1: (laughs) So well and so mellow, too, because if I had found out that my wife had pretended to be pregnant for nine months and the maid had pretended not to be pregnant, and I had not noticed this, I think I would sit down and be like, okay, explain to me again. How did I miss this? Am I am I stupid, or are you guys just that good? I'm that stupid? Okay, well, thanks. But Christoph Waltz decides to leave the house and everything to the maid and the fishmonger, and Alicia Vikander ends up... Um,
0: she ends she, up as a nun because, like, Yan can't find her... Yeah. I don't know. Her whole escape plan doesn't work, and she has to go to the convent. Yeah, so that um, that is the sprawling period piece of Tulip Fever. Um, fabulous costuming, great production design. Mm, yes.
1: Plot? Not so great. Not so great,
0: no. And I think there was a lot of, like... Delays with this movie coming out. I don't know why it was delayed so bad. I read that it was probably just like cut into oblivion. Mm -hmm. Basically, I don't know if it was because like the movie kind of stinks or I don't know some behind the scenes like financial reasons. I have no idea. But this movie was long anticipated um, by a lot of people and (laughs) fell a little flat. I was kind of watching it just being like, hmm, I mean, like the log line of this movie, I can buy. But the flow of it itself, I mean, I think Alicia Vikander and Dane DeHaan had about as much chemistry as, like, a potato. Not that much. I didn't really believe mm-hmm. their love. And like you said, Cornelis was a nice guy. Yeah. He's a little
1: old, sure. But of isn't it cool. better than being an orphan? Exactly. And of course, and like I've said again, like, I would even, I would buy it more if they didn't cast Christoph Waltz, because he is charming. There's just no denying it.
0: One out of ten. How much did you love this movie?
1: Ooh, love this movie. Well, I think that's kind of strong words. I think I'd put it at, like, maybe a three. (laughs) Oh, wow, (laughs) that's low. Maybe maybe a four. Maybe a four. I would put it at, like, I mean, it has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, so me giving it a three or a four I think is actually kind of generous.
0: Actually, while we're on the subject, fun fact that I wanted to share with you guys that I think is really hilarious. So um, while we're on the subject of Alicia Bacander. She is a Swedish actress, of course, um, hailing from the great country of Sweden. And I read online, um, her first movie that she was in was a Swedish film directed by Lisa Langseth called Pure, in which I still haven't seen yet, and I really want to see it. You can write it on iTunes, so like I really want to do that. Um, and I read a fun fact about that movie that she had won the Swedish equivalent of an Oscar. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that was a thing. I, w- I wonder what that is. So I looked it up, and turns out that it's called the Gould Baj Awards. Forgive me um, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, G-U-L-D-B-A-G-G-E, I believe. believe. Gold bag? Gould Baj? I have no idea. But anyway, so I clicked on Google Image, and <laughs> I was like, what is this? That, that can't be it. That looks like a ninth grade art project. Some kid tried to, like, sculpt a crab. But, uh... Upon further inspection were a lot of Swedish actors holding this gold Baj award.
1: And I would agree with that because I saw it too. And yeah, it doesn't like look like a very, it doesn't look like a great honor award. It like really doesn't. I feel like Alicia Vikander needs to win that os- like an Oscar now just so she can like Well, she has an Oscar. She... Oh, she does. Yeah, yes. she has an Oscar. Best oh, Supporting sorry.
0: Actress in The Danish Girl.
1: Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Duh. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> she puts no, it right
0: I mean... next to her gold Baj award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see i knew she was a uh, I i always knew she was nominated i just forgot that she had actually won it so good yes. i'm glad she won it yes um yeah i feel like she just like puts it right in front of the gold badge it's like there's my oscar what's that behind it nothing
0: yeah just what's that weird crab sculpture i highly encourage you to go check it out it's very interesting looking no offense to to the swedes i'm sure i'm sure it's a very prestigious <laughs> honor it's just a very interesting looking uh trophy Yes. Apparently it's supposed to represent some kind of flower, but to me, it resembles more of a misshapen crab. But, you know, that's just my eyes. Maybe you see a beautiful flower when you look at it. Go look it up. Hey, I'd rather win one than not win one. Exactly. Okay, so, Scott, tell them what you made me watch.
1: So, I made Nicole watch the movie Some Freaks.
0: Um, Okay, so the plot of this movie is... A high schooler, a young high schooler named Matt. And he doesn't have a lot of friends because he, um, he wears an eye patch because he only has uh, one eye. They never specify in the movie why he only has one eye. I think some kind of accident.
1: They uh, said it was a childhood accident, but they yeah. never specified what it was. Uh, right, which is fine. Yeah.
0: People at school kind of make fun of him. Um, he's like a social outcast, which is sad because he's a nice kid. He has mm-hmm. one friend at school, which is nice. Um, The friend is kind of also feels a little bit outcasted because he's gay. Um, So the two of them, you know, they're buddies. And so the plot of the movie is that Matt and this other girl at school, Jill, fall in love. Because Jill is also a social outcast because um, she's overweight. She likes to kind of dress funky. She has like blue hair. Um, She's a little bit different.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. punk look.
0: Yeah. And the two of them, um, they really hit it off, and they really like each other, and they kind of fall in love. And that's almost like the first half of the movie, and you kind of think that that's the direction it's going to go. Like it has some kind of, you know, you think you can kind of predict the ending, but it actually gets kind of complicated and kind of nuanced and goes in a direction that you don't think it's going to go because what ends up happening is at the end of their senior year, Jill goes off to college across the country, and Matt stays home. And what ends up happening kind of halfway through the movie is that he saves up for a plane ticket to go see her. They're really excited to see each other. And he now um, bought a glass eye. And when he sees her, he sees that she has actually like lost a lot of weight. She's, she's blonde now. She looks a lot different. And over the course of this weekend kind of visit, he really starts to resent her. Um, for the changes that she's made. And he starts, she starts to resent him for the change, um, that he's made as well. And they kind of feel like they don't really relate to each other anymore. And it causes this whole blow up tension thing, um, that happens and they end up having this big falling out and he leaves. And, um, yeah, so their relationship is no more because of these things.
1: Yeah, so that's, um, that's one thing I really always loved about the movie is the fact it takes such a realistic approach and, like, because, like, you have these characters who, like, they are seen as... They're literally just a trio of, of like, outcasts in high school and they really don't have anyone except each other and because of that, their chemistry is really good, especially between Matt and Jill. But then when, Matt, uh, but then when Jill starts to lose weight, you know gets new friends, and she starts to really wonder, is Matt the person I really want to be with for the rest of my life? And Matt, when he sees this, is really starting to freak out because I think he's thinking, like, well, I only have one eye, so, like, this may be the only girl I ever really get, so I need to make her go back to the way she is. Right, which right. Which really kind of makes you, like, just look at him and be like, oh, no, don't
0: Yeah, do that, it's a very uncomfortable thing that happens in Matt because – when he starts to see that she's had this transformation, he gets really um, insecure and self-conscious and he tries to almost push her to revert back um, to that person that she was, which just comes across as extremely selfish and needy. And there's this point in the movie where all their tension is coming to a head. And he's like, I like that the only competition I have with you is like elderly men. And like, I don't have any competition with you, but now I do. And it really makes him very unsympathetic at at that point because it's it's very selfish that he wants to keep her the same way she was just for his own sake but it's complex because her personality also does shift into somebody more vapid exactly so it's kind of an interesting balance there
1: at first you really sympathize with them for the first half of the movie but then afterwards in the second half you don't really sympathize with either one no of them. you
0: don't one thing i thought really hit home in the movie um was sort of this idea that outcasts, as much as they're rejected by other people, they can also turn on other people as well. Like even the outcasts in the movie um, like would turn on each other um, yeah. for the things that people would turn on them against. For example, um, Matt, at the beginning of the movie, before he really knows who Jill is, he makes fun of her for being overweight. Even when he just got home from a day at school where everyone was making fun of him. For having an eye patch, it's yeah. it's it's kind of really interesting how um, the movie sort of portrayed that. It, the things that we're insecure about, we'll turn around and pick on someone else for the things that that they're insecure about. And I think the movie really was about insecurity.
1: It was, yeah, it was about insecurity and change. And that's and yeah, I mean, it's a very it's a very kind of real thing because a lot of relationships in real life end because of insecurities or like. Just kinda of growing apart and that's really what Matt and Jill's relationship kind of falls apart due to because of both their insecurities, mainly Matt's, and just growing apart and change. It's kinda of sad, but it was a real it was a realistic movie. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it was definitely worth a watch. I liked it. Alright, cool. That was really fun. Great pick for me. I enjoyed it.
1: Yes. Um good pick for you as well i don't think i enjoyed it as much but i was glad i saw it
0: (laughs) come on it's your favorite movie now and you know it all right it's come to the end of our episode where we do a fun conversation game and my question for you scott is if you could institute any national holiday what would it be Hmm. everybody has to celebrate it on the same day every year could be anything at all it's your choice
1: hmm Let's see, if I could pick one national holiday to incorporate, I might say, let's go basic, National Gorge Yourself Day. I don't know which day this is going to be. You know what, let's say December 31st, just because it's the end of the year. National Gorge Yourself Day. No restrictions at all, right before the New Year's resolution, go out, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. Do whatever you want within reason, as long as it's nothing addictive or illegal. It's not
0: like The Purge.
1: Not like The Purge. Just, um, yeah. What about you? What would your day be?
0: I mean, I have to say, before we get into mine, that kind of already is a holiday. It's not, you know, legally stated, but it kind of is a thing. If I were to institute any national holiday... Actually, you know what? This is an international holiday. This is worldwide. Okay. Um, and that is... The day of aqua leisure. Now, I've also talked about aqua leisure on the podcast before. This is a phrase that I kind of coined myself, that now everyone I know also uses this phrase. So it's kind of just become part of my everyday vernacular. So, have I ever told you about this?
1: I don't think you have. What is the definition of aqualesure? Okay. Because I will say, before you tell me, it's the kind of term that I'm like, okay, I have to start using that. I want to make sure I have the definition oh, right now. Oh, you though. will.
0: Everyone I've ever told about it is on board Instantly.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: one day, um, as I was driving to church one Sunday, I saw a building um, called Aqua Leisure. And that word just struck me. And I was like, whatever that word is, that's what I want. I'm not even sure exactly what that store sells, to hey. be honest, but the word really inspired me. Aqua Leisure is a movement and a lifestyle comprised of a complete aquatic tranquility. So it's the The art of being completely relaxed in or near the water.
1: I'm on board. I love that.
0: Right? It's incredible. I mean, there are a couple rules. The first rule is that you have to not be stressed. You cannot be stressed. If you're stressed out, it's not aqua leisure.
1: I I would agree. You have to completely
0: leave your stress at the door and you just chill. Now, you could experience aqua leisure at the beach in the bathtub even, at the pool. I mean, mm-hmm. my personal ultimate aqua leisure is floating in the pool. But that's just me. You know, maybe your aqua leisure is at the beach where you're just completely relaxed. Even my phone corrects to aqua leisure now. It's a thing. <laughs> like it, it took a while, but it does now.
1: It's going to be a movement and I am on board. I think it's. I think it's great.
0: And I think that if we were to institute a national, nay, international holiday... I think it would bring world peace.
1: I think it would too. You know what? I feel like Aqualicia would bring world peace. I feel like you're right about this. I I know you don't like horror movies. I don't want to bring the subject to horror movies, but um, one of the most famous quotes from the movie It, Pennywise the clown always says, you'll float too. I feel like if someone said to him, you'll float too, and he was floating on a nice pool, I feel it could stop eating kids. (laughs)
0: Agreed. I feel like I bring world peace. I agree. I mean, I think this is a fantastic solution. I mean, just hearing about this first for the first time, isn't it appealing?
1: It's very appealing. As soon as, like I said, even before you explained to me what it was, as soon as I heard Aqua Leisure, I'm like, go on. It I'm just into strikes
0: this. a chord with the human soul. See, that's what I experience every year on my birthday. That's what it is. It's a full day of Aqua Leisure. True and pure aquatic relaxation.
1: I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do. A lot of people refuse to take baths because they're like, oh, I don't want to lay in a tub of my own filth. Okay, and I'm I don't understand like, that.
0: Why are you filthy?
1: Yeah, I was about to say that. Like, why are you so filthy? Take a shower. Yeah, showers clean you. Baths are to relax.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Preach. Preach. I say this all the time. Baths are one of my top aqua leisure activities, mm. personally.
1: Yes, mine, mine as well. Um, I also sometimes will fall asleep in the bath. Uh, luckily, I'm 6'3", so I won't drown. But, you know.
0: <laughs> you get the chocolate. You get the bubbles. That's what really takes it to that next level. hmm And that is what I said. Well, thanks for a great episode. This was a fun little Netflix swap uh, talk. I loved it. I loved it, too. And we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time.